Unless you tell me to. Okay. All right. Well, we're in the house of the Lord tonight, and we're here for the, a common purpose that we've been doing for quite some time now, and that's to come together as a body of Christ and pray. We believe in the power of prayer. We've had so many of you all come up and give your perspective of prayer and what prayer has done for your life, the importance of prayer, and it is our most powerful weapon. And tonight, we're going to do something that the Lord has laid on my heart. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to speak on tonight, but... Fortunately, the Lord spoke to me this morning, and I now have a burden on my heart that I want to share with you and talk about some things tonight, and uh, hopefully uh, this will minister to you and encourage you. Uh, what we do is we, we do a time of a devotion. It's not a long devotion. If you're maybe perhaps your first time here, uh, we don't do a long devotion, and after the devotion is over, then we come together for a corporate time of prayer. We know that the prayer of agreement is very powerful. We know that God is a God who answers prayer. Anybody ever had a prayer answered? Come on, testify. Somebody's got to testify these things. Yes, praise the Lord. So we're going to get into the Word tonight, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different than any other prayer devotion that probably we've had. I've got some different direction. It's going to be a specific time of prayer tonight. It's going to be a purpose-driven prayer. I don't know if you ever all heard the book, The Purpose-Driven Life, but I also believe there's such thing as a purpose-driven prayer. How many know our prayers should have purpose? And the purpose of each prayer is for God's will to be done in someone's life. Amen? Our prayer time tonight is to be that of intercession. And we're going to actually intercede for this coming Sunday morning service. How many of you know what this Sunday is? It's Father's Day. And God has laid a burden on my heart early this morning to pray for men this Sunday. Pray that there'll be men here this Sunday. Pray that the men that do come this Sunday will have an encounter with God that they'll be touched by the Holy Spirit, that many will surrender their lives and start a new life. Pray that there'll be some in the house that perhaps they've strayed away. And today, this Sunday would be a day of returning back to the house of God. But this all comes about by praying. And we want also want to pray for men who are fathers. And we want to pray for men who will be fathers. See, last Sunday's service, I believe, has established the importance of having an altar experience with God, the importance of meeting with God, and the importance of petitioning God, the importance of prayer and repentance. And as a result, God is going to begin to heal our nation. And the purpose of our prayer tonight is if we're going to pray that Sunday, we're going to pray that when men meet with God, God will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. Amen. And encourage men to be godly fathers. Church men are under attack in an effort to destroy the family. The enemy knows destroy the family, you destroy a nation. And I believe what started Sunday is fixing to become an outpouring that will bring healing to our nation, to where this place will become that birthing room 
for new things and new encounters with God to take place. That ministries will be birthed, callings will be confirmed. As I preach for it to happen, we have to make sure we're meeting here in this house, in this place that God has chosen to meet with his people. And we've got to have these altar experiences, and we've got to pray the fire down. Now, I'm going to re-preach my whole message, but I am highlighting it because I believe it's a continual process that has begun and will continue to manifest bigger and bigger. I believe that God has begun a new work, and I believe that it's going to be a perpetual thing. But men, men have got to step up to the plate and be the priest of their homes and a father to their children. We have way too many absentee dads and priestless homes. There is a father absence crisis in America, and we're seeing the results of it, church. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children, more than one in four, live without a father in the home. And we are witnessing the fallout in our society And it started when we started taking God out of the equation. And our women for too long have had to perform a dual role in many instances. Many women have done an outstanding job trying to fulfill the dual role of being both the mother and the father. But they will never be able to do completely what the male role was created to do as a father. You see, God created man, then he created the woman to be his helpmate, not his replacement. He gave each gender a role and a personal responsibility to mankind. But due to the lack of men fulfilling their roles, now motherhood motherhood is on overload. And it's time for the body of Christ to wage war against the enemy that's trying to defeat the priest of the home. Now, I'm going to share some stats with you tonight. And we know with stats, stats, they they can vary some, but these are some pretty current stats. And I want you to hear some of these, and this will help explain the reason why I truly believe it's a time, it's a prelude to Sunday, but it's time tonight to begin to pray that Sunday we make an effort to begin to change these. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. Seven out of every 10 youth that are housed in state-operated correctional facilities, including detention and residential treatment, come from a fatherless home. 39% of students in the United States do not have a father at home. Children without a father are four times more likely to be living in poverty than children with a father. Children from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out from school before graduating than children who have a father in their lives. 24.7 million children in the United States live at a home where the biologic father is not present anymore. These are alarming stats. Teen girls from fatherless homes are also four times more likely to become mothers before the age of 20. Children who live in a single-parent home are more than two times more likely to commit suicide than children in a two-parent home. 72% of Americans believe that a fatherless home is the most significant social problem and family problem that is facing this country. And living in the father's home is a contributing factor to substance abuse. 85% of all children 
which exhibit some type of behavioral disorder, come from a fatherless home. 90% of the youth in the United States who decide to run away from home or become homeless for any reason originally come from a fatherless home. And 40% of children in the United States are born to mothers who are not married. Children who live in a father's home are 279% more likely to deal drugs. 92% of the parents who are currently in prison in the United States are fathers. So why is it so important for men to be godly fathers? Listen to this. When the mother comes to Christ, her family will join her at church only 17% of the time. But when a father comes to Christ, his family joins him 93% of the time. There is a need for men to be godly fathers. Children need their fathers, and they need their godly influences. 95% of men say they don't have male friends. And less than one-third of men in church say they have, don't have a friend. There are 113 million men in America over the age of 15. 69 million of these men make no profession of faith in Christ. 90 million men are not involved in any kind of discipleship. And the typical United States congregation is 61% female and 39% male. And on any given Sunday, there are 13 million more adult women than men in American churches. This Sunday, almost 25% of married church-going women will worship without their husbands. Midweek activities often draw 70 to 80% female participants. Over 70% of the boys are being raised in church, will, be, will abandon it during their teens and their 20s. Many of these boys will never return. And fewer than 10% of the U.S. churches are able to establish and maintain a vibrant men's ministry. As many Christians will divorce as non-Christians. 33% of the 72 million children in America will go to bed without their biological father in the home. Fatherless children are five times as likely to live in poverty, repeat a grade, and have emotional problems. As many as 90% of the boys who are being raised in church will abandon it by their 20th birthday. 90% of children ages 8 to 16 have been exposed to internet pornography. And at least 70% of Christian men and 20% of women struggle with internet pornography. 75% of volunteers in the church are women. Listen to this. Women are 100% more likely to be involved in discipleship. Women are 57% more likely to hold a leadership position in the church. Women are 54% more likely to participate in a small group. Women are 39% more likely to have a regular devotion. Women are 33% more likely to volunteer. Women are 29% more likely to read their Bible. Women are 29% more likely to share their faith. Where are the men? Where are the the fathers. Many are not in the home. And yet there are many in the homes 
but they are neglecting their priestly roles. They're there, but they're not engaged in a fatherly role. They don't realize the importance of their presence and their influence and the destruction of their absence. They don't realize everything they do or don't do impacts their children's lives. We have way too many absentee fathers. And the problems associated with absentee fathers and the impact that they have had on our children, including father and daughter relationships, have been well publicized over the last several years. It seems that we acknowledge the problem. However, we are not sure what to do as a remedy. And what is more alarming is that the problem is even worse according to the latest research statistics. According to 72% of the United States population, absentee fathers is the most significant family or social problem facing America. So what does that mean? It means that an estimated 24.7 million children absent from their biological father. There's almost 17 million children 17 million children living with their single mothers. 1.25 million or 30% of all births in 1995 were out of wedlock. Today, nearly four out of 10 first marriages end in divorce. 60% of divorcing couples have children. And over 1 million children each year experience the divorce of their parents. And one out of every six children is a stepchild. 26% of absentee fathers live in a different state than their children. About 40% of the children who live in absentee father households haven't seen their fathers in at least a year, while 50% of the children who do not live with their fathers have never stepped one foot in their father's house. We got to pray, church. Children who live absent from their biological fathers on average, are more likely to be poor, experience educational, health, emotional, and psychological problems, be victims of child abuse, and engage in criminal behavior than their peers who live with their married biological mother and father. Men are to be the priest of their homes. Men are the greatest influence in your child's life. We have too many children without fathers. We have too many young boys who need their father's love and direction. We have too many daughters who need their father's protection. Fathers need to teach their sons how to be a godly man and must become one first themselves and lead by example. To me, fathers who need to set the example of what kind of men their daughters should be searching for. Men who follow the example of Jesus Christ. And men are struggling under the pressure of society. Many men are caught up in selfishness and pride. Men are workaholics who too often neglect their children's needs. Too many are following hobbies and careers, making them of more importance than their parenting. A recent poll showed that by the time the average child is six years old in America, he or she will have spent more time watching TV than they will spend talking to their dads during their entire lives. So it begs the question, Who's raising our children? A recent study shows an average dad in a lifetime, this is just amazing, spends 38 seconds a day talking to his children. And some of us dads are wondering, why are our children acting out? Why are our children having behavioral problems? 
They are trying to get our attention. And if the only way they can get it is causing problems, then so be it, they feel. A little boy's dad was always working. And his little boy was feeling neglected. The little boy stayed up late one night waiting for his father to come home. When dad came home late that night, to his surprise, he found that his son was still up. The dad begins to scold him. Son, why are you still up? And the boy replies, I was just waiting on you to get home, dad. So he screams at the boy. What were you waiting up for me for? You know the rules for bedtime. The little boy says, dad, I just wanted to ask you a question. And the dad asks, well, what is so important you couldn't wait to ask tomorrow? The little boy, sniffling by now, said, I wanted to know, Dad, how much money do you make an hour? The father, now even more furious, thinking, what kind of stupid question is that? He hollers, I make $20 an hour, okay? Then the little boy proceeds to say, I also wanted to know, Dad, if, could I borrow $10 from you? No, screams the dad. After the stunt you just pulled, get to bed. So the little boy runs away to his room crying. Well, an hour later passes. After the dad finally gets a hold of himself and past himself, he begins to ponder with curiosity. Why would he want $10? What was so important to my son that he would stay up that late knowing he will most likely get in trouble. Eventually, his curiosity prevails. So the dad goes to the boy's room, but this time he's much calmer. He says, son, I didn't mean to be so hard. I just had a bad day. It's been a long day. And I'm curious, though, why did you want to borrow $10? The little boy reached under his pillow, and he pulled out a $10 bill, and he said, so I could put it with this, then I'd have $20, and I could buy an hour of your time. Dads, our children should not have to buy our time. There are so many children out there who just want time with their dads. And as a society, many are sadly failing as fathers. It's a scheme of our enemy to distract and destroy men. And men, we've got to pray. We've got to pray for men. We've got to pray for our nation. In Luke 18 and 1, Jesus told his disciples that men ought to always pray and never lose hope. If we need men in the altars praying, then we need to be in the altars praying for men. We began our Real Men Rally in our church some three years ago. We actually had one scheduled this year, but we had to cancel due, due to the virus. If you don't know much about the Real Men Rally, it was designed to be able to, as a platform, to bring men together. Strictly men are invited. It's a time for us to come together as men and to teach men what a real man is. See, a lot of times we have been taught, some by how times have we been raised, what a real man is. See, a real man is a man who's both strong and loving, both courageous and tender. And David in the Bible is one of the best examples of a real man. 
Because David was a warrior. David killed thousands. He fought for his nation. David was so respected and so feared by his enemy. But do you also realize he was also the man who wrote love songs, played a harp? And we have been taught in many of our lives that a real man is to just be tough. I can testify to that. I mean, you've heard my testimony before. My dad, I loved him. My dad loved me. But my dad was hard. My dad always taught me, son, be tough. Don't cry. Get over it. For so many years, he poured that into my life that I thought the only way to be a man was to be tough. And anything other than that, to show emotions or anything, was a sign of weakness. And you know what? It took me 37 years to finally come to realization that was not true. And the reason to come to that was the fact that my dad, that was so hard and so tough, the man who couldn't show no emotions, the man who couldn't tell me that he loved me, the man that couldn't tell me he was sorry, the man that couldn't uh, be affectionate with my mom publicly, that man, because that would show weakness, was the man who set me down on a Saturday. And for the very first time in my life, I watched a tear roll down his eye. And I thought, what is wrong? And he told me, son, I went to the preacher's house today, and I gave my life to the Lord. He said, for the first time, I heard the words, I want to tell you I love you, and I want to tell you I'm sorry. That day, I learned about this Jesus. Because I remember saying, God's nothing's ever changed that man, except for the fact today he told me he gave his life to you. If you can change that man, Lord, you can change me. And it led to me giving my life to the Lord. And coming to the realization of what a real man was. You as a man are to be strong and tough and courageous. You should be a protector of your wife and your family. But you should also be kind and tender and gentle and be able to love. You should be able to look at your children and say, I love you. You should be able to hug them. These things make you a real man. And anything other than that is not a real man. So we come in here and we have 350 to 400 men in these rallies. And we always end up at these altars praying. And you can be assured every time we have one of those, lives are being changed. And when the men's lives change, guess what? The family's life changes. And it's making an impact. We need to pray for men. We need to pray for men who are bound we need to pray for your brother to be a father. Maybe we need to pray for your sons to be good fathers. Maybe we need to pray for your son to be a godly father. Maybe we need to pray for kids that were without fathers. In our evangelism task force, we go out into the communities, and I spent many years going out there into a lot of our neighborhoods and running to, spending time with children who had no fathers at home. I've seen the results of not having a father in the home. I met people that had five children and five different dads. I'll never forget the one little boy, though. I guess I'll remember for years to come. 
I knocked on the door. We'd go around. We'd get their bicycles off the porch, and we'd fix their bicycles for them because there was not a father around to fix their bicycles, so they'd just lay on the porch, tore up because nobody was going to fix them. So we'd always get them fixed the chains, put the air in the tires. Whatever we could do to make the bicycle work in, they'd just be so happy when we got them fixed. One little boy, I was walking him down the road, pushing his bicycle that had the flat tire, and we was going to go air it up. And he looked at me. He said, my name's Harley. I said, oh, hey, Harley. I'm Randy. Glad to meet you. He goes, he goes my daddy named me after his motorcycle. I thought, what a deal. The daddy that was not around. And these are what a lot of children are living in. But we also ought to got, maybe we need to pray for your dad. Maybe we need to pray for yourself to be a better father. Maybe we need to repent and go make things right with our kids. Maybe we need to repent and go make things right with our dads. Pray for these altars Sunday to be full of men. Pray that men will meet God this Sunday in these altars and have an encounter with God like they've never had before. And that the hearts of these fathers will turn back to their children and children will turn back to their fathers. Why? So that families can be reconciled back to God, which is God's will. That men of our nation will once again honor our Heavenly Father. We should pray for our pastor to be used by God this Sunday. To honor and reach fathers on this Sunday. It's time for purpose-driven prayers. That in all things, through prayer and supplication, we should make our petitions known. The petition is the purpose. Our prayers should have purpose for God's will to be done. We must pray for our sons and pray for our fathers. You know, a lot of men sometimes feel like they failed their children to the point that they're their children have no use for them. And there's times that children fail their fathers and the children feel that their fathers have no use for them. I want to tell you something. Blood runs deep. I was told of a true story. I've shared it a long time ago, but I'd like to share it again tonight. I think it's powerful. There was a man in a small town not far from here. It's a true story. He was known as a town drunk. The police would often pick him up in that town. I knew this story to be true because the officer that was there that night was a friend of mine who told me this story. He said they'd pick this man up all the time and they'd bring him to the jail and put him in, let him, let him sober up, and then they'd let him out the next morning and wouldn't be no time, he'd be back in jail again. He said he was there one particular night and this young boy walks in wearing a letter jacket from high school and he says, uh, I'll use the name. He says, I come to get James. And the man behind the counter of the, in the police station, he yells back at the, the jailer and says, hey, go get the drunk and bring him out here. His boy's here to get him. And they let the boy go back there to help his father exit the jail and out to the car. And this friend of mine told me he watched as this boy went Helped his father to get up, put his father's arm around his shoulder, walked his father out of that jail. The man was still drunk. But as the young boy stopped at the counter, he looked at that guy who said, hey, go get the drunk out of the jail. And he said to the man, sir, 
To you, he may be a drunk, but to me, he's my daddy. Dads have got to know we're not perfect. We don't always get things right. I've not always done things right. But there is a way to make things right. And you'll have to have the influence and the direction of God in your life to lead you to be that father you need to be. And I want us to pray tonight sincerely for this to happen this Sunday. I believe God's going to continue to put these issues on the, our hearts that when we come in here on Wednesday nights, we spend this time, as I said Sunday, doing spiritual warfare, making a difference, coming to pray with a purpose that will change people's lives, that in return will change families' lives, that will strengthen the family. We've all been guilty and negligent in our ways, in our parenting, in our fatherhoods. But this Sunday is Father's Day, and I feel led that we ought to put our focus on it this Sunday. And I'm going to ask you to come now in just a minute, and God's given me a direction how to do this prayer time tonight. And I hope that you'll participate and help us to pray and make a difference that this Sunday, God's outpouring of his spirit will fall upon the hearts of men that will forever be changed in their lives. It'll make them better men, which will make them better fathers, which will make them better husbands. So what I'd like to ask first, if you're here tonight, men, with your wife, I'd like you to come to the altar first. If you're here with your wife, come to the altar first. Bring your wife with you. I want every man that comes... Find you a place at the altar, and I want the wife to stand behind him. Just find you a place to kneel down at an altar there, guys, if you would. I'd like for your wife to stand behind you and over you. We've got a long stage here. We can go all the way over to the doors if we need to. I've mentioned a lot of things, men, what we need to pray about, about self, about being a godly father, a godly influence. And if you've, if you've fulfilled that role, then it's about you praying. If you have sons and daughters, praying over them. If you have a son or a daughter that is wayward, that needs to know the Lord, pray over them. Or pray over other men. Ladies, I want you to put your hands, lay your hands on the back of your husband, and I want you to pray over that man that God gave you. Hallelujah. Now I'd like for every man that's here, that your wife's not here, or maybe you don't have a wife. Pastor, are you in here? Come on up here. I want the pastor to go over there, and I'd like for every man that would come that does not have a wife, or your wife didn't come with you or whatever, to come and join the pastor right over here. Even if you're a single man, it doesn't matter. But he's going to have a group right over there. Pastor, just find you a spot, and these men will come, will come around you. Just go over there by the pastor, guys. Now I'd like for every lady, either your husband's not here tonight with you, or might be over in ministry, 
Every lady, actually, probably that's left, that you, maybe you're not married, maybe you don't have a husband, maybe your husband's not a Christian, I'd like for every lady to come to this altar now. And I'd like you to make a line stretched from there all the way across, joining hands. Men over there with the pastor, and I'm going to give you some instruction. Brenda, if you'll just go right over there close to her. Let's just make a line all the way across, if we can get it in one line. We can go all the way over to that wall if we have to, ladies. Men, they're over here with the pastor. I want you guys to pray for men. I want you to pray over Sunday service. I want you to pray for one another if necessary. That you've got a need, you can present your need to these guys. But otherwise, I want you to take time to pray that men's hearts will be changed and touched by the Spirit of God. That God will make you a godly man. And ladies, some of you ladies have got boys. Maybe there are fathers. Maybe you got boys that not long from now will be fathers. Maybe you have spouses that aren't saved. I want you to pray for men. Pray for your man if he's not here for whatever reason. But you ladies begin to pray for men. They're under attack. Let us pray. Father, I come to you right now in the precious name of Jesus Christ.